Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news reviews and interviews. Remember everything we established in last week's episode? window because it all fucking doesn't matter after completely screwing the pooch dragula is back to its antics and nothing seems to feel right perhaps it's time to put a house on the boulets themselves it's time to talk all things dragula titans and joining me in the cauldron of bitching about everything it's jane hey 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 michael we have a lot to discuss now I'm just going to say this right off the bat. After watching this episode, I almost out of haste posted on social media, I'm no longer covering the show. That's how angry this episode made me. Yeah, but you know, that's a big fat lie. You're you're totally going to (laughs) come. Well, yes and no. But I was like, if I need to cut something for time and not work on something, it would be this (laughs) show because I know all I would be doing is bitch about it. But I know after hearing from some of the loyal fans and listeners, I'm not alone on being upset. Yeah. Um, oof. We'll, we'll now, discuss further. <laughs> I'm going to say this disclaimer slowly today because I don't want anyone to get this one misconstrued. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they also have put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Lots of production issues this this episode. A lot of discussion that is going to happen. Um, First inclinations. When you ended the episode, the first thing that came to mind was? Of this current episode or last Mm -hmm. episode? What's the point? (laughs) Literally, what was the point? What was the point of the first episode? Um, and I have a lot of conspiracy theories. And at this point in time, that's all I'm going to be doing. It's spewing conspiracy theories about the show because nothing makes sense. And I'm not saying that everything has to make sense. It's a reality TV show. They are allowed to produce it and present it how they want to do it. But us as the loyal viewers, people who are drag fans, people who are here not necessarily to only support the Boulay brothers, we're here to support the contestants and the artistry that they bring. It doesn't seem fair, and it almost feels like they're putting certain people in an extermination challenge called Dragula Titans. It's like, do what we say or you're out of here. Um, 
I, I just don't understand what we witnessed after watching the first episode that broke the mold, did things differently. It was a shocker, but it was almost like they said, well, fuck, we fucked ourselves. Let's forget that all happened. I'm kind of like curious, like, would they have done that with any other contestant? I don't think you know? so. I really don't think so. Um, I mean, that's the beauty. We'll never know. <laughs> well, no, I think we might. We went, I think when this is all said and done, perhaps people will comment and discuss things. Um, I mean, Yosuke hasn't posted anything. Not a single thing is on their social media. I don't know. I mean, I think Yavska is going to be back next week. So what's the point? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's very possible. And if that's the case, then I, I'm like, okay, then what are we, what are we watching here? Um, shall we do it? Shall we talk? Let's talk. Let's go into this, Michael. Well, as always, we start with an opening movie. Wait, wait, what's that? We're not? No Boulay movie. It's possible to listen to the podcast. Miracles can come true. <laughs> I like the movies. I know you don't. <laughs> Why do you think that was eliminated? Uh, time purposes? I don't know. Or because it has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> um, no, I feel like their movies kind of set like the tone of what the challenge is going to be. Yeah, it, it should. And it, I mean, we don't have it. I mean, this the, that's the problem with this season is we're in this new world. We're in the underworld, the in-between worlds. So I oh, guess that, right. that, that's part of it. And I don't, I don't know. I'm, I was okay with this. I was like, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> It's the next day after Abor's elimination. Um, sometimes we watch the monsters bitch talk before it's revealed who was exterminated, but not this season. They have all watched Abor die. They know what happened. Or did they watch her die? I don't know. They all walk in and Eva immediately looks under the table asking if there is a twist because they don't know about um, anything else. I mean, it's a smart move to walk in there and be like, is there something going on? What's going on? This is twisty turning. Erica feels good coming back. She doesn't count that she was up for extermination because she didn't deserve to be there. And the only reason she was was because of the group, which is a great mentality, but that's not how it works. Sorry, kiddo. That's no, you, you, you were up for elimination. The monsters talk about the trapdoor of it all. As Victoria says, she thought a trapdoor is possible, but didn't think it would happen. I mean, come on, y'all knew. You know, y'all knew when you walked in there, they said. There will be a trap door. Pretend like you don't know what's there. <laughs> pretend. Erica is asked about what it was like waiting up there. And she says it did feel like shit as it was Abora who put her there. And she felt angry for Abora, but she knew she was the obvious choice. She was worried about how the vote would go as Coco is a charismatic character and the group consensus was it would come down to her and Abora. She felt that she may have been in the bottom three, but Coco and Abora were the bottom two um and don't do that excuse me bullshit miss coco kane you were really the two bottoms with abora yeah i mean as much as i i did i do love coco that mm-mm, she should have um, been at the bottom i don't know what she's drinking on this show but it must be delusion aid <laughs> she's gonna do a lot of things this episode i'm like do you know what's coming out of your mouth do you know what you're presenting do you know their choices <laughs> Very much. Now, Hoso is in such disbelief that Abora is gone, and she knew she had cool shit to show. I mean, if that was the case, half the cast of Drag Race would stay each season because we know what they have to show. Right? (laughs) You're not wrong! (laughs) Erica said it was a unique experience having them all watch her and knowing they put her there. She really was like, fuck y'all, flipping both birds at them. 
She's not going to forget. She's not going to forgive. But then Eva will say that when she saw Bora start to transform into a self-defeated creature, she got pissed. She says that she can talk shit up and down the boudoir, but when it comes down to the wire, she didn't have that fire under her ass. And then Hoso will claim that Abora got cornered and Melissa's like, hold up, you're saying this all now, but y'all defended her in the cauldron and we have Coco and Kendra start trying to get in and pair it with Melissa's chirping. I don't care for that little trio. They are the mean girls of the cast. I feel like they're unnecessarily mean. Like, yeah, where it's kind of like, okay, like, stop hamming it up at the cameras because at this point it's just like downright, like very hurtful. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Coco will say that no one should need anyone to defend them. Wait till we get to the cauldron in this episode. (laughs) Um, Y'all, you may be monsters, but there are humans inside. And if someone is hurting, you can defend them. It may be very, 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 very well down deep in their heart and soul. But there is a human in there. In each of them. Somewhere. (laughs) Maybe. Astrid will say, as an empath, she saw herself in Abora in that moment, and she wanted to make sure that she didn't make the same mistakes she did. She tried to give her an opportunity to reset and regain focus, and she says that she did a couple times, and then went right back into it. To which Melissa will chime in and claim that Abora was shut off, and then Kendra will attempt to prove Melissa's point, but accidentally prove Astrid's point by saying Abora shut off, and then fire ignited again, and then she started stabbing everyone in the back, and then she shut off before the fake tears came in and was self-deprecating. If I were Melissa, I'd be like, okay, shut your mouth. You actually just defeated my purpose. (laughs) Kendra's going to say all of this as Yovska is attempting to talk. Well, when she does get to, she says that Abora just got too comfortable with this. And Melissa is like, if it wasn't the Abora show, it wasn't going to be a show. And apparently the Blaze agree. Now Astrid will say that they can all get along and agree that Abora is a wonderful drag artist and someone she would like to see return on the show and a winning a whole season one day and cue the entrance. Abora's got the tea and the room is lost for words. Um, first, let's discuss the mug. Do you want that mug? I do actually want that mug, but I thought like Abora's entrance was so like kind nonchalant. of nonchalant. So nonchalant, but also like I don't want to say anticlimactic, but it was just sort of like, <laughs> what is this? Like, I feel like if you wanted to bring Abora back, why didn't the Boulets like bring her into the cauldron and been like, Abora is back? Rather than like, why did why did you have that in like the their dressing room or something? That's so freaking weird. Right. And I and I feel like for TV, it's anticlimactic. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So the bitch is back and the question on everyone's mind is how. Essentially, everything we established last week is gone. More of that will happen later on. We'll discuss that. But we saw the portrait of Abora go up and suddenly she's there. Not as a sabotage, not as a non-competitor. She's back with no explanation. How does this make you feel? Are you concerned about the legitimacy of the competition moving forward? Like I said, I mean, would they have done this to any other competitor? Like if yeah like if Yoska like or um Coco Kane like got eliminated last week would they have brought them back and would they have nonchalantly like came back to the boudoir like that 
I don't know. Like, or is it specifically a Bora? Because I mean, from a production producer standpoint, like Abora did bring out a lot of like drama and I guess like brought like competition side of like the competitors, but it's it's really interesting because everyone um who I've spoken to or even on the preview podcast, everyone was insanely high on Abora as a competitor who was potentially a winner of the season. Um, everyone was excited to see her back. There were a lot of people who who really was who who felt that she has grown enough to show that she could be the monster that the Boulets wanted. Yes, you're right. She brought a lot of drama. Um, the the love polygon is, is a real thing. <laughs> and and of course that was going to be something that the Boulets wanted to incorporate into the season um, because it would bring drama. I I just don't quite grasp why they did it this way without them being the ones to explain it. Um, everyone can poo-poo on RuPaul, but whenever RuPaul does something, RuPaul, she's there to be the one to say it and why. Exactly. And I, I feel mean, no, no, let me, I'll, I'll take that back for a second. Why is not always there. Sometimes uh, Art Simone just pops back up and, and Ru's like, <laughs> here's Art. Uh, so, but at least Ru's present. The Boulets were not present. No, and the fact that, like, um, Aboro was like, oh, like, message from the Boulets. I'm like, I don't want to hear a fucking message from the Boulets. Like, (laughs) like, this is stupid. I mean, I I tried to stay away from the social media and the Reddits and everything because I just knew I have a very strong opinion on this and I didn't want to be influenced by other people. Um, But... Most people who responded to me when I posed the question, how does it feel? What were your initial thoughts? They're not happy. They weren't happy. And it's not because they don't want to see a war again. They do. But they just want to make sure that this competition is fair. And it it is, they're not going to be question marks at the end of the day and be like, well, if a war wins, did she really win? Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess like that's why like reality TV is kind of funny, you know, because it's not sure. really reality. And that's the difficult part about drag when it comes to reality TV. It's there's a difference there. It is a drag competition show, but it's also bringing a specific art form that's different than like a singing competition or a modeling competition or whatever. This is an actual art form that is so niche that people have a passion in a way that others don't. Yeah. Um. And also, like, doesn't this kind of go against, like, what the Boulets, like, kind of preach about? Like, oh, this is, like, subjective and stuff. And it's like, right. is it really if you're kind of cherry-picking on who you want to, like... Literally. And yeah. we'll get there this episode. Now, okay. <laughs> we'll with Eva, more. our favorite, saying that this is the Boulets' way of saying anything is possible, it's their justification for allowing us. If the most beloved and level-headed monster is okay with it, then we must have to be fine with it. And I feel like that's why Eva got the confessional discussing why it's fine. It's part of the competition. Unfortunately, we will have a confessional from Abora saying that she's basically back as it's not fair to send the first competitor home. Now, here's the problem. Is that a joke? Is that serious? She's an unreliable narrator, so who the fuck knows? Astrid and Confessional will clarify that she may be pissed and want to bore her gone, but she loves her and thinks she's hilarious and is one of her favorite people. And that's like, really? She is? 
Now, Melissa will say that everyone has opinions about everyone in the room, but when that person walks in, it's crickets. And she's not wrong, but I'm fairly certain most of those people have expressed those opinions to Abora's face at some point. So I don't know why she was like getting all preachy here. Oh, she's just being a mean girl. Right? <laughs> Yovska will address the monster in the room and ask if it is fair for Abora to come back. Astrid says she believes it's fair. Kendra says it's not, but she's here, so fuck it. And before anyone else could express their feelings, the alarm sounds. How convenient. <laughs> the question of this being fair can't be addressed because at the end of the day, it's the Boulay show and they do what they want, but it just leaves such an uneasy taste in my mouth. She did nothing to earn her way back in. It feels like the Boulay's knew that the drama was gone and they said, well, that won't work. Go in and we'll be hush-hush about it. I mean, essentially, Yeah. Like put her into the um, the the fright feet and say if you don't come in second or first or second you're out. Like give us something to say that she's proved it. And again, the lack of actual extermination challenges, which is the bedrock of the final mm-hmm. decision, is not here this season. Yeah. So they're not even like lip syncing for their life to stay. It's no. all on the boulets. Yeah. No, all of that shit is in the beginning too, but. We will also talk about this challenge too. (laughs) The monsters are going to make their way to the main stage to learn of their next challenge. This week, they will be donning their pointy hats, pulling out their broomsticks and taking to the skies as this is the revenge of the witch challenge. Notice the three things that they pointed out as being stereotypical witch. Well, apparently you don't need to have any of those to be a successful (laughs) witch this week. All right, for this floor show, they must design and create an original and terrifying look based on the iconic theme of the witch. The idea of witches have pervaded cultures in every corner of the globe throughout time, so there is an infinite pool of possibilities where they can draw inspiration from. They want to see originality and their drag represented as well. Okay, sure. You may say that now, but when it comes to judging, nah, we don't appreciate everything, says Bob and Jim Boulay. <laughs> Now, as the second part of the challenge and an homage to the Wicked Witch of the West, they must create, craft, dec- decorate, or cobble a pair of custom-made magical shoes to go along with their look and feature them in the floor show. They won't just be modeling their look and show. They, in shoes, they will have to serve it up during a lip-sync performance of a song they picked out for this occasion. It's more on that song later. <laughs> um, did we need the witch back you've had a lot we have but i feel like it's sort of fitting just because this aired like one on um halloween like make them like werewolves i don't know like bring an old classic back like i was fine with this (laughs) it's fine it's just one of those things where it's like how many times can you reinvent a witch especially when some of these competitors have done it more than once. Fair, but um, but there's a twist. They have to make their own shoes. Uh, sure, sure. Let's, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, all right, it's time to reveal this week's Fright Feet, and in order to participate in this week's challenge, they will have to play and survive in a game of Burn the Witch, a.k.a. Hot Ones. Um, they will be served some of the hottest foods on Earth, and whoever consumes the hottest foods in the shortest span of time will win the challenge. The winner will earn the ability to cast a curse on an opponent of their choice, and it's the curse of baldness. It will evaporate that person's wig or headpiece for the entire floor show and force them to perform completely bald. 
cool twist. I'm here for it. I love the sabotage element. Let's keep doing that. That's fun and different. Yeah. How would you do in the fried feet? Do you like spicy food? I love spicy food, but I think I would definitely tap out like uh I think when they were up to like habanero or something. Oh my god, weakling! Yo, habaneros are one of the hottest peppers. I know, but I love them. You would eat like a raw one? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, okay. <yeah>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, they're going to make their way to the set of Dragula Hot Ones as they prepare for a long night on the toilet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the table is prepared with the spicy food. And as Hoso says, she's Korean. She can eat spicy food. Now, if you notice, they put on gloves because some of this stuff is so hot. But if you wipe your eyes accidentally and any residue is on it, it will literally burn you. Oh, yeah. Erica says she needs to prove that she is a competitor in the competition, so losing is not an option. She is determined. Let's go through these. Are you ready? Ready. First, in level one, it's Vato Loco Bloody Mary with a Scoville rating of 5,000. Now, for those who don't know, the Scoville rating is a way to rate the spiciness of a pepper. Um, I never really knew the ratings, but I know like they existed. Mm -hmm. Um, How I know this is because I love going to Buffalo Wild Wings and they have that rating on there. (laughs) This round, I'm just going to cheer as like it's a drag brunch and Hoso is just like, worried for the white people. Excuse you. I take offense to that. I love spicy foods. I eat them literally daily. Same, but... There is some spiciness that I can't tolerate, unfortunately, with my old age. So, Level two is cayenne laced jalapeno, which is a Scoville rating of 35,000. Uh, everyone does fine, though. Coco and Eva are starting to feel it coming. Uh, no one's tapping out yet. Level three, we have the Moruga Scorpion Peanuts with a rating of 100,000. Kendra will be like, it's fine. And she's like, wait. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, they're all safe here. I feel like when you say peanut, it's like, oh my God, I love peanuts. This is going to be fun. And then you put it in, you're like, no. no, those peanuts are hot. Now we have level four. It's the plutonium number six hot sauce rated at 225,000. Here we're going to see even Melissa says her bussy is sweating. <laughs> um, have you ever gone out and had spicy food and you just you gotta keep eating it you can't say no i'm not going to do this anymore because i ordered it and i'm not wasting more money to buy something else um have you suffered through eating spicy food oh yeah definitely um me and my friends we went to a restaurant and they had like all those hot sauces displayed they had one hot sauce that they literally locked in a box behind the register because it's so spicy (laughs) and you did it i did it and i i died (laughs) i'm like you cried um i didn't cry but i i remember like yelling at the server being like i need a glass of <laughs> see that's why i gotta ask for it beforehand you gotta be ready i thought i was at level five is the hellfire wasabi habanero at three hundred fifty thousand. this is the start of the third tier down on the scoville rating scale so you know we're getting up there only on level five we're going to see this affect Yovska, who will watch from the sidelines. Coco will quit as well. Um, five levels. That's not bad. We have to respect them for that. 
Level six. Is the ghost chili pepper um, use bush rated at 850,000? This is going to knock out Astrid, Eva, and Hoso. And she let a bunch of white people beat her. <laughs> pissed about that. Level seven, we see the whole ghost chili pepper with a Scoville rating of a million. This will be the end for Melissa, who says it's the hottest thing she's ever put in her mouth. Um, so clearly, she's not had really cute twinks before. <laughs> Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> Victoria will leave as well. And Abora puts a good front up, but in confessional, she is sweating. Level eight is the Trinidad Scorpion chocolate. I'm like, chocolate, fine. But this is rated at 1,750,000, which is beyond the heat unit on the chart. Yes, level eight is beyond the chart now. Um, Erica's like, this wasn't bad, but her throat is actually on fire. <laughs> Level nine sees the whole Carolina Reaper pepper at 2,200,000. And this is the end for Kendra. She thinks it would be better for Erica and Abora to work things out and just, you know, like throw up on each other. Girl. Um, have you ever had a Carolina Reaper pepper? No, and I, I don't want to. I've not, though. I've been in situations where I've lit, at least a sauce, I could try it out. And I was like, if I didn't have other things to do and I could like spend the <laughs> night dying, maybe I would just for the challenge. Sure. Level 10. It's our final round. Or so we think. It starts in a bora. We'll try to fuck with Erica's head. This round we see it's the Pepper X at 3,300,000 and they both survive. Do you think the show is prepared to go any further than this? No, I, I don't think did. so either. I definitely did not. <laughs> because now we're at level 11 and it is going to be the end. Eat all of it again in the fastest time. Um, here's, with, here's what my strategy would be. I'm, my mouth is already burning. I'm already prepared for all that spice. I go from top to bottom. Yeah, exactly. That way, by the time you time to that Bloody Mary, you're like, oh, this is easy shit exactly psychological game here mm -hmm. um we didn't really get to see what their strategy was but i i have a feeling erica did it very similarly um well i think abora was there more for the speed mm. anyway their mouths are a mess and erica is like i win yeah they're all congratulating her and it was kind of good to see um maybe casting doubts on her was very wrong no, like she is there for a reason. And did we not forget that she also tolerated the um, in season in her season that she ate all those like nasty bits. And no, I, I feel like if there's ever like a tolerance challenge, I think Erica will be solid. She is a very good competitor. Now, do you think when Erica goes and um, has meets and greet meet and greets, do you think people are going to give her spicy food now? <laughs> I would. Sure. I would, and she's she would probably be like, "You motherfucker." <laughs> you don't have to eat it now. You can save it for later. But she might I have know you love spicy food. You might have a tiki about it. <laughs> Erica knows exactly who she will be casting the curse of wellness on, and while the other monsters think she should be going with strategy and pick a competitor who really deserves it, she ultimately will pick Abora, who questioned her and her abilities. I think. If we're going with that same excuse of questioning abilities, she should have picked Melissa. Yeah. She her last week. She is the reason why she was in the bottom. Yeah. I mean, 
and go and look in ahead. If Melissa was bald, she would have been in the bottom this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I see why Erica chose like a Bora, but I kind of also- bullshit. But I kind of have to agree with Melissa. Like, if we want to do strategy, like, yeah, and that's part. Should. That's part of what was interesting is uh, Erica is not in an alliance. She's on her own. Like, yeah, you can't force the girl to do something if she doesn't have allies. No, exactly. Up until this moment, no one gives a shit about her. Yeah. Um, Erica, good job. No, more though. She's going to respect Erica and the way she plays the game, but says it will not save her as she will take her wrathful, pitiful little attempt to stab at her as it won't do anything to her as she will work with a bald cap. Melissa thinks Erica should have gone for Victoria as she has competition she wants gone, but she's also here for the drama and will wait for the drama to spill. Melissa will say to the group that they did underestimate Erica and believes that they will... um, have to see her as a competitor, but Yovska's like, I didn't vote for Erica. <laughs> when Eva says that Erica is kind of fucking fierce, you kind of got to believe it because Eva says the truth sometimes. She's very smart. Eva's very smart, and I kind of like how Eva is sort of like she's uh, she's Switzerland. <laughs> she she's is. Just, she's nooch. All right, who that bitch witch? We're going to find out. It's time to see what these witches are concocting. Do you have a favorite witch of all time? Oh, um, I like I like the new Sabrina. The uh-huh, uh-huh, um, the one from uh, played by uh, the Mad Men girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. She's a very, very, very cool show. I um, I don't think I finished it. I wasn't a fan uh, of the last season. I was like, what the. I, I didn't really finish it either. Here. Yeah, I didn't finish it either. But what I did watch, I I did like so far. But I, I hear it did go a little weird though. I have always been a fan of the Wizard of Oz. If I were in this position, I would have taken Glinda and really made it a monster. Oh yes, that oh. would have been cool. Yes, or um. Or I like Samantha from Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think these people have watched Bewitched. I think that's a little um, below oh, sorry, their, their, sorry. their, their um, <laughs> taste level. I love Bewitched. It's a fun yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie. Come on. Those are classics, friends. Go watch them. Yeah. Tune on to Nick at Night. Now, Victoria shares that she was inspired by necromancers, so she will be blind in one eye with the other eye preserved in a jar that helps her talk to the dead. For her shoes, she took bones and twine and wrapped it as if the witch made it all herself. Eva's witch is inspired by Victorian fashion and old school big silhouettes. She has collectors bug and harvest different body parts for hers. We're going to see her shoes that are crafted with practice tattoo artist skin and ears and eyes and red rhinestones. They're her ruby slippers. I see what she did here, and brava. <laughs> Eva's brilliant. Smart. Eva's very brilliant. methodical. Kendra is going with a modern voodoo witch that all the rich white ladies call to hex their neighbor or cheating husband. Okay, fine. I'm going to keep that in my brain as we look at things later on. Okay, just okay. Remember that part. That, that's oh, well. the storyline. <laughs> but then all she said was leotard, and I said bottom. Bitch, a leotard? 
Are you fucking kidding me? A leotard? Come on. I don't care if it's got authentic African fabrics. It's a leotard on a competition drag show. I, I have opinions, but we'll, when we get to it. Should I not be as hard on leotards? Yeah, because leotards do serve a purpose. Which are? I mean, if you're a dancy queen, like, you got to move around. They're, they're versatile. Aside from this season, when was the last time we had more than one dance challenge in Dragula? Again, we'll, we'll discuss <laughs> later. <laughs> Uh, she also has said that she has resurrected her skull from Dragula Resurrection. Um, this look will be more pow in your face with pinks, purples, and gold. So basically, she's got a chance to serve a different witch. And she's going with something she already did. Please tell me why she's here. <laughs> and this goes I, back I to like what we talked dress. about last week when, <laughs> when, when we discussed, is Resurrection not canon anymore because they're almost abandoning anything that happened in resurrection or maybe they didn't give her enough time to prep i don't know maybe kendra calls herself a minimalistic queen and it's not everything in the kitchen sink type of bitch but bitch i ask you where's your taste oh <laughs> uh, it's probably burnt she probably burned it in that um burn the witch contest stop it my god now we're going to visit Yovska. Uh, we're going to see a sketch. And I'm like, where was that? That sketch was really cool. Anyway, she's going with a candy theme and putting some little peppermints in her hair. It's a quarter stacked wig of non-human hair. It's not even a shake and go. Um, that was from like the Lost and Found from Halloween 2015. She said it's nothing but the best for the bootleg. <laughs> um, I died. This is when I say... We all know when you get on the show, you have a team working with you to like get you ready. I mean, I was part of a team before. I helped Honey get ready. Um, and when you do that, like you talk about things and you say, hey, what's this for? And, and they tell you and they say, well, I mean, maybe try this instead. Whoever on Team Yofska allowed her to walk <laughs> out of her house to an airplane to get on a plane to LA and said, yes, please wear that. They're not a friend. They sabotaged you. But don't you think that wig kind of fits like with the Dragula static in terms of like... Sure, but not what? her look. That was the problem. Her look was clean and polished compared to that wig. She had rhinestones on the look. It was pretty. It was very, very, very pretty. It was to- pretty, but I don't know. I mean, I thought it. I thought people made kind of a big deal about the wig where I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm going to make the hot take right now. She shouldn't have even been in the bottom. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Now, a borable joke that Erica should have cast spell baldness on Yavska as it would have helped her out. I mean, <laughs> that is the team. Yavska mm-hmm. uh, says that Erica did her dirty work, so she, she would have picked Sabora as well. Interesting. Is that why maybe she was eliminated? <laughs> The belays her that said, nope, not on my dime. Now, over with Coco. She is inspired by lyrics that reference an albino alligator. She says the creature in her brain just created itself. So there's a word um, I think we're missing here. I can't quite make it out, but um, 
I think the word's witch. Where's the witch, bitch? Her hat. Oh, we're going to talk about the hat that didn't even show up on the floor show at all. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, she'll be using embossed alligator white vinyl as well as sil- silver buckets, bobbles, and bangles, which apparently are witchy things. I didn't know that. Um, Coco will show why she's there as she is exciting television as she does a segment called Crafting Shit She Doesn't Know How to Make. That should be a YouTube series that Coco does. Like, honestly, that would be good. <laughs> And once again, we're going to see her use a punchy holy thingy and try and put the strength of God in it. She says, you can take the ghoul out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the ghoul. And I guess Coco's presence on the show is that being a thrifty queen does have a place on Dragula. And as long as you try really hard, you will last longer than those who actually have design talent. Also is inspired by the animal witches of Soul Eater and Fairy Tales. She's taking on a feline which who turns her victims into rats and sews them into shoes and even names them. Are you a fan of rats? Because I am not. No. Um, I mean, we lived in New York City, absolutely not. If I had a rat, I would name him Ryan. She's going to be using an unusual color scheme for a witch and hopes it will be really fresh. The fabric is stitched up. The texture is wicked. She thinks she'll be fine. That's all we're going to get in the design time. It's time for bed. And that's basically all the important people that we need to know about for this episode. You know how they do that on all these shows. That's really all you have to pay attention to. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. It's the day of the floor show, y'all. And the witch's brew is boiling. Kendra believes she's got this in the bag as she's been cobbling shoes since season two. Cue the video. Um, those videos from like season one and two, whenever they show anything, it's like, remember when we had to walk up a hill to get to school and then walk <laughs> up that same hill to get home? It's like, just put it in black and white and, and say it's from an old timey silent film. <laughs> um, God, those first two seasons were, they were rough. I mean, those first two seasons were like, filmed in a basement with a handheld recorder so. literally the camera angle is so <laughs> weird i'm like what what but are I, we watching but i kind of um, them. yeah it's like blair witch project mm-hmm. but reality melissa, TV. melissa here is wearing her hoochie daddy shorts so she believes that's how she will get the trade at home do you think she will be successful and should i try hoochie daddy shorts yeah so why i not? can get trade i mean i do i have been told that i have a nice ass then you need to get yourself some hoochie I'm daddy I'm not going to say who's told me I have a nice ass, but you have been on a podcast with them before. <laughs> um, Melissa wants everyone to treat her for her and not her body. Why was this bit in this episode? Were they really running out of uh, time and need to fill something in? There, there's a lot of filler in this. <laughs> so Abora has a bald cap. How is she feeling? Well, she tells Yasuka that she doesn't have a plan yet. And the first rule of improv is yes and. Yes, she is worried. And honestly, it might work to her advantage and help her look even creepier. That's the spirit. That's the positive spin we want from Abora. Hosa believes that Erica had pent up anger toward Abora and would have given it to something that would have been detrimental to someone's drag. I mean, fair. I mean, Hosa, you are a prime target for that kind of thing. So maybe keep those words inside your brain. Um, And also, I love that she said she would have given it to something. (laughs) <laughs> That's how she referred to the other monsters as some things, um, which is fair. Fair. 
Now, Erica says she thinks Abora will be fine with the ball characters, and it was all about sending a message. Now, um, for those who don't listen to the Pop 5 Weekly Wrap-Up, you should. It's a lot of fun. Jane, if you had to give the bald curse to someone, who would it be? Mm. Caitlyn Jenner? Oh, just she's not on the podcast. Don't tell people she's on the podcast. Oh, God, no. I would never. I'm kidding. We just talked about her, so that's why. Um, wait, give the ball cap to our pop five people? Yeah. No, I don't want to give anyone the... Give it to Zalika. She's already bald. Oh, yeah, she is. Sorry, Zalika. <laughs> um, so... Do you want to fill more time in this episode with nonsense? Let's do it. Eva has her witch's nose on and wants to hear everyone's best witch cackle and whoever wins get a double in the cauldron. Um, here, we're going to rate them, okay? Give, I mean, if you can remember them, like we'll give them a score. Um, okay. Erica, I'm going to give a seven. Uh, yeah. I mean, from what I remember, I think Erica is fine. Yeah, like a solid six or seven. Eva, I'll give an eight. Eva's, I thought, was... I'll do an 8.5. All right. Melissa, I will give a three. Uh, I don't remember Melissa, so she gets a zero. Victoria, I'll give an eight. I'll give Victoria five. I don't remember. Coco, she gets a one. Was she the one that was just like... (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a 10. I like that. <gasps> that's not a witch. Kendra <laughs> gets a two. Um, Kendra, I don't remember Kendra. Yeah, I'll, I'll give her a two. I'm going to give Yaska a three. I'll give Yaska a 3.5. Hoso gets a four. I'll give Hoso a 6.5. Abora gets an eight. She did very well, I thought. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds about right. I'll give a bar an eight. And Astrid, I'll give a seven. Yeah. I'll, I'll give Astrid a seven. Um, and then they're just going to all start cackling. It's a room of cackles, and it might have actually just been an insane asylum. I don't know. Can't tell. Um, that was so like... I'm not going to ask you to do your witch's cackle, but do Thank you think you. you have a good witch's cackle? Uh... Sure, if you get me in the mood. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I I don't get to cackle as much as I used to, but I used to cackle every time I watched someone fail miserably. <laughs> Other people's pain is your pleasure, Michael. Certain people's pain. <laughs> as the makeup is applied and looks are assembled, Kendra will tell the room a funny thing. She says she was planning on being bald anyway. <laughs> if only Erica knew. Uh, that was a boss ass move. Gotta give it to her. <laughs> As per usual, the alarm sounds, no one is ready, and that's all we shall say on that. Let's go to the floor show. The Blaze are looking extra creepy in their black and gray bone-infused looks with matching boots. The hair is a bit on the mess side, but um, we're trying things out. We're, we're exploring new, new silhouettes. Judging the floor show this week, we have Bonnie Aaron, star of The Nun 2, and Jawbreaker director Darren Stein. Uh, obviously, they've been on many, 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 many times. Mm-hmm. Um, good gig. Yeah, um, and I think uh, The Nun actress is awesome. Yeah, you're a fan of hers? 
Um, I mean, I haven't seen the nun or anything, but when she's just on the show, like she gives fairly good like feedback and I like how excited she is too. Are you just scared of nuns? Is that why you don't want to watch the movie? Yes, hate them. <laughs> okay, so here is how it will work. We will incorporate our opinions of the performance if we would like to during our critiques of the looks. Because it wasn't like last week where it was a fun little music video. This was there. Okay. Now this, this is what kind of like annoys me. If this is supposed to be a performance challenge, how come we don't see the performance? We only see like little vignettes of like... It's their- because... They can pull that floor show, put it on social media, and be like, look how good it was. But then when it comes to judging, and we'll we'll get there. Oh, I know. We'll get there. Um, In honor of the Revenge of the Witch floor show, we will be playing Wicked Witch or Basic Bitch. (laughs) Now, before we begin, let's discuss the song. They gave us all this hype for... (laughs) what this song is going to be. And they literally said, here, please listen to Shoes Shoes. by Kelly, a.k.a. Liam Kyle Sullivan. Yes, it's that Shoes song. What did you think of the selection? I thought it was funny. And wasn't that like kind of the first like viral, quote unquote, like before it went viral, like what viral is This was like 2007. Yeah. Um, Shoes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so I thought it was like it's campy, and this is I. You all know I love camp, so I appreciated the tongue and cheekiness of this. But then I was like, "But for the Dragula aesthetic, it's not right." And then they're gonna bitch about people voguing. What can't do with this song aside from voguing? Yeah. So that's my gripe on that. But um, shall we talk about the looks? Let's talk about the looks. Melissa B. Fierce, look by Zay, nails by Maya B. Fierce, floral corset by Melissa. Uh, she has the witch silhouette. It reads as a witch. Is it the most groundbreaking? Not a chance in the world. The floral motif is interesting, but I'm not sure in what lore of witch that belongs in. As far as her shoes, she has simply glued flowers on. She puts stones on the flowers. It matches the entirety of the look. But when you get in and see the close-up, you see the heel. You see the base of the heel on full display. Execution left a lot to be desired. Um, she can perform. Her performance was constricted by the dress until she removed it. I think she was fine. She was serviceable. My problem is this is now the second prosthetic look in a row. This is not Melissa. Where's her face? Give me Melissa B. Fierce. I didn't even realize it was Melissa until like the booth face like said something. And Same. I'm like, and for a while I was like, who is this person? <laughs> That's not a good thing. No. Um sure i i thought melissa was fine but it didn't wow me like it it was just somewhere in the middle do you know of any floral witches the only thing that i like kind of got out of it 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 reminded me of like midsomar but that's not witchy though but yeah oh my mm -hmm. god that's the challenge we want cults (gasps) yes oh my god i would be all about that (laughs) 
Darren's got so many interesting references from a performance like Angelica used to do the witches and some Hocus Pocus and felt she brought something original as a witch who was her own creation. Swan says she is here because they wanted her to get direct feedback as this is not the Melissa they are used to seeing. She tells her that when she thinks of Melissa, she thinks deadly, serving, cunty. Her prosthetics look correct, but she tells her to not forget about the edge as that's one of her superpowers. Drax says she doesn't want her to think that they want her to be somebody else keep it scary and dark but be but not be not scary farms person that made me almost fall out of my chair that critique was fucking hilarious <laughs> um as everyone knows i'm a diehard theme park person um not scary farm is obviously the halloween version of for not scary farm in california mm. and it's the scare actors are um they're not they're not universal they, they're not as good as universal they're like that rejects uh so that was like kind of the biggest shade you could actually throw at somebody um and for that i will go to basic bitch it wasn't fully realized in, in a way that was good i agree it, w- it was a basic bitch and i wish the boulets kind of give like gave constructive criticism like that like to all of their contestants and i'm like why did you specifically cancel her out just because she wore prosthetics but whatever i digress it is called favoritism <laughs> the audience 65 percent wicked witch 35 percent basic bitch let's talk about abora look by abora shoes by scott hove mystery meat and cyber bashershet um i think she did a remarkable job even with the curse she made it all work she played around with color and the black and white swirl from the top to the toe. She is serving you the Abora mug with the nose. It all ties so well together. <clears throat> I love how she played with this cupcake motif. And then you see her shoes and how they look like they have black icing. All in all, very smart. As far as her performance, very campy nature, fit the aura of the song. I get why they didn't want her gone, but for the integrity of the show, I hope the fandom can accept this. Also, if you go to her Instagram, you can see the look with the wig. Take the wig off, bitch. You did a better job without it. Not, and it's not a read. It's literally like it was the way she made that swirl work. Excellent job. Um, yeah, I I loved Abora's look. I love the spiral. Um, although they kept saying like her performance wasn't great, but we could talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a wicked wish for me. Wicked Witch. Audience, 83% Wicked Witch, 17% Basic Bitch. Next up is Eva Destruction, look and hat by Beck Jones, hair by Stephen Austin Harris, artist. Silhouette alone, she's giving you witch. Her mug is serving witch. The hat, she's got the necessary elements for a witch. She gave you witch while making it unique and genuinely Eva. I loved how vile this character was. I think red hair was smart as it not only gave contrast to the overall look, but also was a variation on the black hair of a witch we're used to. She's paying homage to the Wizard of Oz and it was brilliant. It had the Dragula twist and literally fit the magic shoe brief. Her performance, strong once again. It's what she does. Everyone needs to fear her. She is going to the end. I agree. Um, Wicked Witch, Eva, all the way. Bonnie says that she wants to see this witch in a horror film as she was absolutely magnificent. She loves the details of the whole costume and the shoes. She says she delivered. Darren says her shoes are his favorite of the night, saying they are Hellraiser on the runway. He loves the broom played into her performance, saying it was good broomography. 
Uh, do you play brumography when you clean? <laughs> no, but I should. I should start doing brumography. Swan says her performance was her favorite as she was mesmerizing and was thrilled to watch her. She says her costume was filled with storytelling and details from red ruby slippers covered in skin, plucking out eyeballs and turning them into earrings. She says she was magnetizing and scary and Drax says it was a little classic and did get a little haunt after which, which is not a bad thing, but a little too literal. And I was like, you literally just told Melissa to not be a not scary farms person. And you're saying to Eva, it's fine for you. Yeah. <laughs> love this judging. Love this judging. Uh, regardless, it's a Wicked Witch. It's great. Wicked Witch all the way. Audience, 88% Wicked Witch, 12% Basic Bitch. I'm mad at some y'all. but Wait a minute. Bad. Who's the 12? Yeah. <laughs> Erica Clash, look by B. Dazzler, Witch Nose by Fox Henderson, Necklace by Piers Devon. It was fine. I see which with the hat. I think if the dress was grander and a larger silhouette, I would have appreciated it even more. But um, Erica doesn't really do big. Um, I do love the hat. I think it was really well created. Love the candy glued all over. It's got this fun burst of color and using blue as the base gave it even more vibrancy had she then used black instead. Uh, she's incorporated her mug with the elements of a witch, which was the assignment. Her boots match the dress. What else could you ask for? As far as the lip sync, she was fine. But in the added part, when um, she used the scythe, that's where her Dracula journey came to life. Oof. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like thinking of that performance and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> she gave you filth. She did. I, I thought I loved Erica's look. I thought it was like very Erica Clash aesthetic in terms of like cute and kind of like the kawaii like japanese um motif um and then she kind of gave like the dragula filth but yeah i i loved it i love how it was all the like candy glued onto her yeah i i I would love to see her in something grander um yeah that's what i think i'm ready for is something huge out of her um but i'll give it a wicked witch wicked witch Audience, 46% Wicked Witch, 54% Basic Bitch. Just shake Astrid, look by Astrid, lace dress and neck piece by Lola Lude, hair by Dahlia Black, shoes by Chaos Costumes. I know she loves to play around with woodland creatures. I wish she incorporated a few more elements of witch stereotypes into the look. Even if it was an elongated nose or something that might have elevated the look overall. As far as the garment and the headpiece are concerned, they're quite mesmerizing. The shoes are brilliant. She's giving you those hooved heels um, with some satanic notes on the fabric. Her performance was fine. It was just nothing too memorable. Like she, she was good. But I, I didn't see full witch. I don't know kind of what kind of witch this was. I kind of got like more of like voodoo witch, like voodoo, like Oh, you know, you, you can't say voodoo until the next one. Well, <laughs> um, like, I feel like the, if I think it is the contestant that you're going to discuss, I feel like maybe that's what they were trying to, like, incorporate. I, I don't know. I, I love this look. I'm continually, like, very happy with how Astrid is progressing in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I loved her um their shoes i thought their the hoof um high heel was awesome could you wear a heel like that no i i would immediately like just fall flat on my face there are so many drag artists who do that nowadays and i'm like that's so cool to look at but come on you're being judged on a reality tv show are you fucking serious right now 
Uh, I'm also just thinking of like the logistics. I'm like, what does that do to your back? Right. <laughs> um, I'll give it a Wicked Witch. Wicked Witch all the way. Shocker. Audience, 100% Wicked Witch, 0% Basic Witch. Very shocked by that one. Wow. And other people not getting it. But Kendra Onyx. No designers listed. So in the boudoir, she tells us that this is the person the rich white ladies come to for a hex. I call bullshit. No white woman with money would ever step into that shop run by this person. Like no real housewife would. Like if she wanted to make her like a bougie lady with fur and animal heads and totems and played into that campiness, that is the kind of witch doctor that I could see in that story. Um, Give it a fun, unique twist. This was not the story she was serving. And again, I don't see witch doctor. When we think of witch doctor, sure, we might be a little Disney-ized here in our brain, but we think of like Dr. Facilier. And then if you do a Google search, every witch doctor you see has a top hat and a cane or a stick. Where were they? She is missing those elements to create a fully realized interpretation. At the end of the day, it's a leotard. And on this level, it does not hold up. And the shoes, she put three feathers and called it a day. If you looked at them, they were battered and it wasn't intentional. So this is where we disagree. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Look at Eva's hat. Put that as a top hat on her, and then she's a witch doctor. Okay. Like the shoes, I I admit, like those shoes were just atrocious. Like she, um, Kendra didn't really do anything. But I kind of loved everything from the ankles up. Her makeup was the witch. She was a voodoo witch. Google it. (laughs) She had her makeup was awesome. She had like. I don't know. I, I thought like her face and everything and like the feathers. She painted and the brilliantly. Yeah, and, I thought that was my awesome. Problem, my problem is the fully realized story. Like you tell me what rich white lady is going to interact with Kendra's witch doctor. Kendra just had a lazy day. <laughs> Bonnie says she loves her head and calls it magnificent. She thinks she could have done with the shoe done with the shoes as much as she didn't did with her head. It would be great. Darren says he thought her performance was incredible as she stomped the stage and jumped into splits. He was mesmerized. Drax says her biggest nitpick is the shoes. She did change some, but not not as much as everyone else. And Swan says she burned the ground with her performance and loves watching her perform. However, her shoes are the worst as they are barely altered. She says there are imaginative elements. Overall, it was a miss. Basic bitch. Fine. Um, She... No, because I really liked her. Say it. You're allowed to say it. You're allowed to say it. You can do it. What, is there something that's a middle of a basic and a wicked? Um, no, I can't uh, think of a. a fine, a, a, fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kendra. It is basic because those shoes were very disappointing. The audience, thirty-eight percent wicked witch, sixty-two percent basic bitch. Yovska, no design assistant. I'm not going to say that Yosuke was robbed. What she presented was almost fully there. The uniqueness deserves credit. Incorporating actual witch elements deserves credit. What was lacking was the cohesion from all the elements she did introduce. I love the silhouette of the dress was meant to look like a gingerbread house. I love the mask and how she got a facade of the witch, but underneath it's this wicked woman. The hair was terrible. With all of the elements being so pristine, the hair ruined it. The shoes were phenomenal. They were dark and whimsical, like a timber and nightmare story that was too scary for Disney. 
I love that they had the candy colored confection with blood and eyeballs and teeth. This is what the challenge called for. These shoes were great. And then the socks, very smart, very wicked witch desk. She should not have been in the bottom. That's all I will say. I agree. I, I loved Yoska's look. Um, I'll even forgive the wig. Um, but I loved her shoes. I think her shoes were one of my favorites. Um, I I didn't even think about like the cohesion on, um, until like one of the judges like said something because I was just like, whoa, I'm like every, every element of Yoska's look was great. Um, but sure, I guess like in terms of like, where's the story behind it? It's a little confusing. Fine. But I thought the elements in general were done very well. And, and it was like one of my favorites. Um, I don't know if this is maybe where they're going, but I feel like Yoska and Hoso live in a very similar world of imagination where it works in their head. And if you can follow along, you'll get it. But Hoso is just a little more polished in her execution where Yoska does this like Tim Burton-esque really whimsical thing. And I feel like she gets punished for it. Yeah, or maybe it's not as cohesive as someone like hoso you know bonnie thinks the costume could have been more drax says the costume fell in the middle but the performance was lacking she says she seemed uncomfortable or it wasn't as strong as it could have been her advice moving forward is spend time going over things so it's second nature and she's out of her head swan says there are two narratives to her look there's the gingerbread witch she clearly sees but the skull mask could prop through her off darren loves the shoes but couldn't see them with so much going on which is not what they say. They could see the shoes, not that they couldn't see it. Come on, people. Um, he says she had Day of the Dead and Willy Wonka and Wizard of Oz and didn't get the cohesion. That's fine. I'll still give it a Wicked Witch um, because I'm pretty sure that they did say it's a shoe challenge. <laughs> they did, and they did not even say something like, oh, we need to see your shoes during no. the performance. So I didn't understand why she got penalized for that when there was- Because the rules are made up and nothing matters. <laughs> so whose line is it anyway? Uh, it's a Wicked Witch. Wicked Witch. Audience, 54% Wicked Witch, 46% Basic Bitch. Hoso Teratoma, look by Hoso, and I'll keep saying it. Hoso lives in a Hoso world and either accept her vision of the themes or beg her to be literal. This was a strange interpretation on the surface level, but I could see this witch popping out of an anime. The mug is brilliant. And no, it was not a mask for that person who was bitching about that in my DMs. Hoso just paints that well. Uh, the blues and the silvers and the blacks are quite a unique color story, but I think it's the magical and whimsy elements that are enough for the interpretation. Having the witch's hat was the smartest thing she could have done. The rats and the tails and the shoes were gross. I don't want to see them ever again. Not for me. Her performance was the campiest we've seen from her, and I adored it. She figured out what the song needed to do, and she did it. And she used a bubble gun, which I loved. I didn't understand <laughs> why, but she did. I don't know. Do cats like bubble guns? Uh, actually, yeah. Cats do like... Um... I don't know about bubble guns, but uh, yeah, cats do like bubbles. Listen, if she had a laser pointer, give her the win. <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, I didn't know what Hoso shoes were until they uh, they had to explain like, oh, it's like rats. I didn't really pick up on that in the beginning. Yeah. 
but um but now that she explained it I'm like okay that's cool but but I'm also a bit turned off that like if I don't get it immediately and if you have to explain it to me then that's a little world that's a little disappointing yeah um but it's kind of like I, I think I've said it before like if you have to explain the joke to me then what's the point you know um but yeah but other than that I I did love Hoso's um look and everything Bonnie fucking loves it she loves the hat she loves the details and it was an incredible performance Swan says the bubble wand was cute she says hers was the most thought-provoking and imaginative the only detractor was when she lost the witch's hat it could have lost the idea of her being a witch Rack says she knew the song the best and felt like it was the interpretation was if she fought her in Final Fantasy. She didn't know the story exactly, but fit in the universe. Darren says the shoes were incredible, straight out of a David Cronenberg movie. It's great. Wicked Witch. Wicked Witch. Audience, 94% Wicked Witch, 6% Basic Bitch. Victoria Black, look by Mr. Oyster and Victoria. Like Eva, it fits the brief. I see this as a witch and I know the theme. I like that she went with a more muted, whiter approach. The mug is decrepit and fully a witch. One thing she's missing in that is a hat. I'm sorry, but for this version, she just needed a hat. Um, we know that Victoria can craft impeccable garments and the shoes were right in line. I love that she brought in bones and twine and attempted to really use them as totems of her kills. Could she have gone further? Absolutely. But she did very well here. Not all witches need hats. But spooky, scary witches in this world do. But okay, like, someone like Victoria Elizabeth, like, I I knew, like, she was a witch and she didn't have a hat, like... Because she has spooky, scary nose. <laughs> Fair. Although her shoes were terrible. <laughs> you like the shoes? They, they were plain. Like, they were they, they they were plain like, and it, that kind of was the color story she was going for so i see that yeah i mean sure she added like a, an animal bone but that was like kind of it like hey maybe that's why she didn't win <laughs> darren says her shoes were hot and literally jaw-dropping bonnie wishes she would have added the bird movements into performance as it would have elevated everything she says there's so many things she could have done and asks why was it added wasn't added into the performance Drax says she took the look and made it fashion. She says the performance was a bit of a challenge, but liked that she had the scrying board with the eye missing. Swan loves her wish and lights her imagination on fire. She thinks some of the props weighed her down on the stage. However, the image that she conjured was fantastic. Is a wicked witch. Wicked witch. Audience, 96% wicked witch, 4% basic bitch. And Coco Kane. No designer system. She should have been in the bottom simply because no one addressed it, but she's not a witch. <laughs> there is no element of witch. There are no stereotypes of witch besides a big old hat with tarot cards underneath the brim that we did not see except for judging. And she wore a basic ass white look last week. It didn't even fit her. I know she's entertaining as a narrator. She's entertaining in the boudoir, but her drag is just not up to the level. She should be as a Titan. It's a bullshit pass once again. And the boots. Oh my God. She literally painted cowboy boots white and put some blood spatter on it. (laughs) No. What am I missing here? Um, 
I do like cocoa cane. Like I, I really do. But this, this was just basically a repetitive look from last week, except she added like that really awesome tarot hat. Which but, why? That's the thing that I don't quite understand. Is we we discussed the, the production of the show and how it's very confusing and not consistent. Mm-hmm. Why was it in the performance? If she couldn't perform with it on, isn't that a hindrance to the overall theme of what this challenge was? Didn't she do well in the performance? That's why she was safe. Sure. Yeah. But they didn't talk about her look at all. They didn't discuss the witchiness of it all. They didn't, but she gets a pass because of the performance that we did not see. Right. And that's where I'm very upset and confused and don't understand it. Again, if we're also talking about how the elements of this challenge include the boots and the shoes, how do you solve it? How is that a pass? How is that a pass compared to like Kendra? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a basic bitch. Basic bitch. Audience. 22% 22% Wicked Witch, 78% Basic Bitch. Now, I know this is a problem you have. I have it. But what we see in the floor show and what the Boulets discuss are never on, in line. They critique things we don't see. How is it fair? It feels like they are trying to tell us what they want us to feel by picking what they want us to see. Is there a way to fix this problem? Or is this just what we have to settle in with, with this show? I mean, it is the Boulay show, so unfortunately we have to settle in, but... There is a way that you could edit like some of like the bad performance. I mean, like RuPaul, like Drag Race does it. Right. But we literally see the fails. Mm-hmm. So I don't because understand. that's part of the narrative. Yeah. So I don't understand why they can't show like a failure as a narrative in the show. Or I don't know if maybe it's something that they don't want to like show because they want to try to be like positive and encouraging to the the contestants but it also like fails this it also fails the story as well it's just hard to understand how certain contestants are critiqued one way with certain criteria other contestants are critiqued in another way what is the the order of preference for this challenge is it the performance is it the witch motif is it the shoes because each person got graded on a different level do they get graded on a different level or is it graded to like their potential or like well, because that's, that's the thing there's no like, standards here why bring yoska into a season called dragula titans if you're always going to say her performance is never good and going to be good enough she's never going to improve she will give you the looks she's not a performer so if you're not looking for her to come on a world tour then don't put her through this mess and that's what is upsetting coco is going to perform kendra will perform their looks are never going to be at a level that is at a yoska level and that's where i'm like who gets the passes for what? Those two were given passes for their performance. Yoska wasn't. Their looks were terrible, but Yoska's was better. What? Where is the line? Who? What's the challenge? And again, everyone's saying that Yoska's shoes were better. And the two of them, that's no, eh, okay. It's fine. You, you dance the house down boots. What are we watching? And that's part of the thing. It's like lip sync and performance up until really last season was not the Dragula no, brand. It wasn't. And that's why we get excited as Dragula fans to see characters like Yovska and then watch them fail and it, it, it stings and you make you almost have to wonder like why as if a monster who does that kind of drag would you ever want to be on Dragula now? 
I'm kind of thinking like, are they slowly trying to incorporate like what like modern like drag performers are like in the mainstream into Dragula? You know what I mean? Like, or are they falling into the drag race trap where for the longest time drag race was about being drag race and living in that internal world of a reality TV show until drag race started to expand and said, look, we can do a song in the show. Oh, now we can put it on um, iTunes and have money for it. Oh, we can market this and we can bring it bigger and tour the world. Is that what the relays are doing now? They, they've seen how they can market the show beyond what the show is. I mean, now that they got that AMC money. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. No. But it's just be upfront about it. At least nowadays, Drag Race is like, uh, stream um, Bosom Buddies on iTunes today. Like, they, at least they're going to give you the plug for the music and you're going to go and understand we're making money off of you watching our show. Right. They are very tongue in cheek about it. So it's just kind of like, incorporate everybody in the joke you know and again it's like i'm not saying using the song shoes was bad i thought it was a lot of fun yeah not their brand yeah they could have done like i don't know like like give me a death metal version of ding dong the witch is dead and i'll be like yeah slay bitch yeah there's in line with with dragula yeah there's (laughs) there's no more uh house of horrors anymore right um so i we, we've discussed this a lot and I think this is working through our gripes with the show. Um, Coco, Erica, Abora, and Astrid are safe. They go straight to the cauldron that leaves Joska, Hoso, Kendra, Victoria, Elizabeth, and Melissa as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? Obviously, if I've said I do not, um, I would not have put Joska uh, as the bottom. I would have put Coco there. Yeah, I agree. Eva is deemed the winner of the week. She wins $1,000 shopping spree for shoes and boots at Fierce Queens. Kendra Yoska, bottom two. Do you agree with these results? No, I think it should have been Kendra and um, Coco. Now, based on Coco not being there, Melissa being is the third bottom, Kendra Yoska are those at the bottom two um Kendra yeah it's interesting it's really interesting because again we're weighing everyone's full package differently if we're basing it on the shoes Yovska had better shoes than Melissa she did performance Melissa had it over Yovska overall look in my mind it's kind of a toss-up it's very interesting how things work I mean if I (laughs) If I had to choose just pure bias, I would probably go with Yoska. <laughs> now, we will learn in this moment, it's going to be the Boulets who will make the decision. There will be no vote. So literally everything means nothing. So what was all What was the point last... of last week? <laughs> I don't know. So is this going to be like a normal Dragula season where like the Boulets yep. like... Well, I mean, let's let's go through this. My feeling is based on the rules that they established last week, despite having a bottom two or three each week and saying they could vote for anyone, by bringing Abora back, I think they knew everyone would put her in the bottom every single week, forcing the Boulets to show their hand every single time and to save her. Also, 
I really am not happy about this because I really think this no longer feels like the unique season that Dragula Titans is supposed to be. This was a chance to bring in 10 Titans, give them a crown to one of them they think could have been the winner. I think there's only three people who are going to win at this point. But also part of what Dragula does is you're in the bottom. You have one more chance to save yourself and prove your worth through an extermination challenge. Now they don't even get that opportunity to say, okay, based on this performance, this performance alone, one of you is out. Or they might throw a curveball and just be like, oh, next week, all of you guys are going to judge. Listen, listen, if next week Joseph walks back in, I'm going to be like, so this is All-Star 7, but not. Is there a point system? Do we have stars? But then I'm also confused because with that, like, um, Scoville challenge, like, technically should have Yoska gone home because she's the first one that bowed out. And I thought during those challenges, like they said, whoever doesn't, um, whoever doesn't complete the challenge is out. I think again, based on their wording, all they had to do was do one round, one level and they were fine. I think based on how they worded it, as long as they tried, they made it through. Cause I see what you're saying. I completely see it. So that's that- the problem with wording. You have to keep it so specific or people like us are gonna analyze every single letter i mean i kind of love how like messy the show is because we clearly have a lot to talk about but at the same time it's just like what what am i gonna be in for this week all right now that everyone is in the cauldron it's time to i don't know bitch about nothing um the safe queens are gonna get their drink on thanks to sir vodka (laughs) ding abora will take the safe placement but a critique would have been nice Kendra is ready to burn her shoes. She thinks Yoska is going home. And Kendra will tell the group that she's saddened. As season two, she really didn't feel part of the cast, but this time she feels like she's part of the cast and she feels she might have to leave soon. But not this episode, soon. Not yet. Not, not yet. Yoska notes that nothing is set in stone, to which Kendra is like, you are leaving. Uh, I mean, it's all laughs now until the wrong decision is made. Melissa will hold up two pairs of shoes and say to the whole group, the whole challenge is about shoes. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but if this is your angle, baby girl, your girl Kendra loses. Eva will say she prefers Yoska's look altogether. Astrid will say in confessional that Yoska's shoes were adorable and might not have been clear with the entire look. Now, Melissa will know this has just backfired and it's like, okay, wait, wait, wait. What about performance and outfit? So we're not going to separate the two because Yoska would win again in one of them. But So I'll combine the two. She thinks Kendra takes that one as they loved her outfit and her performance was sick as fuck. Melissa says they didn't like Yoska's outfit or performance, which Yoska's like, I disagree. They were mixed. Okay, fine. Now, since there's no vote anymore, because that was actually a new fun concept, Kendra will address the room and ask who should go home. This causes Yoska to say Kendra sounds insecure. And then you have Coco chiming in saying Yoska sounds insecure, trying to point out someone else's insecurity. So here's my problem again, (sighs) that hypocrisy so much. Let's go back to earlier in this episode when the mean girl trio was jumping down throats for anyone who backs up a Bora. And here is Coco doing the same exact thing. What is the difference? How is this not something that they can observe? And how can you not get a villain edit out of this? Yeah, I mean, again, they're they're the mean girls of the season. (laughs) 
it's it's really unfortunate because I don't care if if you don't want um, people to back people up, as you said, Coco, but you yeah. literally just did that. Like either let Kendra fight for herself and stay silent or allow other people to say what they have to say about other people. Last week, she was pissed and pressed because people were coming after her and yeah. and and other people didn't want um, her to be affected and be a possible uh, bottom two. This week, it doesn't even fucking matter. Let everyone say what they want to say. It's just the hypocrisy yeah. and the clickiness that you can see brewing that I'm like, is this gonna... it. it's not going to look good for you. Yeah. And I don't know. Don't you kind of feel like this is sort of like foreshadowing that like this whole click is probably going to like crash and burn sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Astrid says it's going to be a matter of taste, and that's the issue here. Coco will say that she picks culture over paper any day. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Also, because I was like, wait, where's the paper? But also, (laughs) um, uh, it's a very, very, very touchy line. I'm not the one who's allowed to comment on it. But it's something that I'm not sure is fair when you're talking about art and being subjective, when you're basically saying you can give crap as long as it's cultural. Yeah. Kendra will say that she was stamped as she puts down Yoska for having flaws. And Erica will say, let's not do this. And Kendra's like, I'm not putting you down. I'm just saying exactly what I want to say. Like, you're met wig. Hypocrisy, friends. This is what we're trying to get at. Now, all while this is happening, our dear friend Abora spots a piece of parchment on the ground. Oh, God. Perhaps a leftover <laughs> from last week. A vote, if you will. Yeah, right. <laughs> Abora is back. And she sees them... Um, and she's like, okay, remember the votes? She won most popular, but someone was voted for that wasn't in the bottom. And everyone's going to be very quick to share that, oh my God, it was not me. I, I voted for only the bottoms, only the bottoms. And then Amora reveals that it was vote for Yovska. And it's like, oh my God, Melissa thinks it was shady. And now Coco doesn't think it's shady as she loves people who think for themselves. I'm like, you just can't <laughs> Girl, com- consistency, please. <laughs> Now, this whole moment was like, are we doing this because it's like a witch hunt and it's part of the theme? Oh. So I try to justify it and, and, and have some positivity in this moment. Hosa will reveal herself as the author of the vote. She will explain that she wasn't in the bottom and she didn't vote fairly because she didn't want Abora to go home. She is her fan and wanted to see what Abora's next look would be. And then in confessional, Hoso says that she played eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and it just happened to be poor Yovska. You didn't do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You flat out just wrote her name. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> we know what happened. Yeah. Melissa knows that at this point, Hoso will do anything to save Abora, while Abora is like, I'm thrilled she feels that way to save me, but what about my heart? This, uh, can we talk about this love triangle for a minute? <laughs> I mean, Kendra says that no matter what happens, Abora is the first one to be voted out. It's very, 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 very iconic. Yosuka thinks it's interesting her name was written down. I mean, I do too. But what else is interesting is Astrid and Hoso. Literally, literally getting handsy. I can't with this forced love plotline. They're on full display, and now Astrid discusses pouring hot wax down Hoso's ass in a bunk bed, and Abora is just not having this. She says there is chemistry between them, and it's heart-wrenching. But yes, Jane, let's talk about this love triangle. Okay, first of, first of all, like, 
why did you have to say that comment that's so inappropriate like remember when you poured hot wax on my ass it's like shut up right in front of abora and also as much as i love hoso like i love hoso's drag but hoso's a shit stir hoso's totally they totally know what they're doing and i think it's wrong and i think it's mean no one should ever crush on hoso because hoso will break your heart like i'm sorry but it's like if i'm in a room that like two people are obsessed with me like you totally are playing mind games with both of these people now what i would like to address last season hoso's big you're not winning because was professionalism this is not professional no and that's where i asked the question because hoso is a great drag artist. Yes. Um, is this part of the storyline that they are asking them to do? Because I don't see Hoso as a sane person wanting to win doing this out of thin air. I just don't believe it coming from Hoso. Especially like something that I feel like a lot of stuff like happened behind the scenes where Abora was like, Oh, I told you that, like, I loved you and you were just, like, looking at your phone. (laughs) Like, come on. It's like, this is so inappropriate. Like, wildly inappropriate. And again, comparing it to Drag Race, this is something you'd expect on that show. And we've never seen that kind of thing. No, Dragula, we didn't. I mean, there was some messy drama in season two that was just like, what the hell is going on? But... It was edited so weirdly right. that I, I'm like, I, I don't get it. But this one definitely has like a very defined storyline between mean, if, like this love triangle. If, if Hoso doesn't win because they view this as unprofessional, I'm just going to have to laugh and say like, mm. why bring her back then ever again? Because she's this is who she is outside of the drag artist. Um, but that's what I, I don't believe it. I don't, I can't in my heart believe this is actually who Hoso is. I can't. I, I mean, really think she's been asked to do this. I really hope you're right. Like, I, I really hope you're right. If, and if not, then that's really unfortunate. I mean, even everything I know about Astrid, I don't believe this is her as well. Anytime I've seen her in New York, she is fucking professional in the game on her. She, she's not playing around i get this is a show and there are cameras and all that shit but if you're looking for the best person to not only represent your brand in the future and tour with you why are you gonna bring high schoolers with you yeah and they're saying all this like literally like two feet away from like earshot within abora (laughs) even notes that abora was has her wheels turning and wants her to focus on the competition so she will ask her how she is She says that people who say you can trust them will stab you in the back when they get scared. And Eva tells her that she's her worst enemy and that pisses her off. She doesn't want to see that this um, hard talk is showing that she has her back and will return the loyalty. And I think, again, if we're talking about alliances or things that could happen in the future, uh, we've watched Eva and Abora actually be the two that have each other's back. Oh yeah, I can't forget when Abora says, I will return the favor. We're shadowing. It's time to find out who will be tucking and rolling out of the competition. 
This time, it's only Kendra and Yovska present with the boules, which means next week I can only assume that it will be a mystery of who was it, who was it. <laughs> um, so which unlucky witch is in serious trouble? Well, the boules have made their final decision, and without pause, there's no way for them to save it themselves. There's no extermination channel challenge. It's just what the boules say, and once again, Yovska gets fucked. Do you agree? No. <laughs> Neither do I. No. Um, I just don't understand why you bring Yoska back if you don't like her art. Art is subjective, but this was complete bullshit. She deserves so much better. Like, you have to give her credit. She yeah. wears masks every week. She's learned. She's grown. What yeah. else do you want from her? If you are expecting her to be a cat, 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 death drop queen, that's not Yoska and that's not her Dragula vibe. Two weeks in a row, we've had performance challenges. I'm here for it. I've always missed a performance element from the show. Then they need to show the performance. (laughs) Thank you. That's the problem. I mean, again, we watched Abora almost topple on the, the stage. We watched Astrid almost fuck up voguing. But it's Yovska that's the problem here? I don't get it. No. I really don't get it. <sighs> I got some burning questions. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> what is Yovska's legacy? Uh, that she was actually a, a drag performer that did her job and got <laughs> treated unfairly. <laughs> I think Yovska's legacy is, yeah, she got treated unfairly two times and I, I don't know how they're doing now, but I fear the mental toll that has gone on. Basically, having the, a fandom adore you and appreciate everything you do, and the, the two people who bring you to have this platform are like, you're never going to be good enough. That's not, that's not fun. That's not easy. Just, it's not an easy pill to swallow. Yeah, but at the same time, like, out of it's only two people and you're like liked by millions of other people and they're and it's also them saying you're never going to be one of us that sucks it sucks because yosa's good yosa is very good yes all right who's going to be eliminated next i i I got nothing (laughs) i mean yosa's going to come back next week so yeah, I mean, I mean, so what does again, it matter <laughs> for me based on two weeks of performance? If we're going simply based on my power rankings that I do, uh, follow me on Mike Block Talk to see those power rankings each week. Um, it's good for me, it's Coco or Kendra. They're just not living up to the hype that you see out of someone like Eva or Victoria or Hoso. Like they are the top tiers at this point. Um, it's just going to be a matter of time for everyone else to say goodbye. But I have a feeling they're going to last a little bit longer because they're, they make TV. good TV. <laughs> yep. They, they no, make right. good TV. And also they, they formed a strong alliance. So Though what would make excellent TV is to lose one of them and have the other two in their alliance cause chaos. Mm. Yeah. After two episodes, the winner of the season is? Oh, Eva. Absolutely. Um, I think there's just something about Eva Destruction that is is so good at this game. Mm-hmm. They're but, amazing drag artists and they're a good person. Yes, they are. 
but I also kind of feel like at this point like it kind of seems a little predictable like Eva is like an A-plus student at this point, like dotting her T's and crossing her, I mean, uh, what? Dotting her I's and crossing her yeah, T's. Yeah, dot those T's. Yeah, dot those T's. <laughs> Thank you for journeying with me on this. I know I was very explosive and had a lot of opinions, um, but I feel passionate about these kinds of shows. And as I've said many, many times, I like fairness and I like to know what I'm getting myself into. We have no idea. Tricks and treats. Tricks and treats, but gives us something to talk about though. That's true. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, any projects you want to plug? You could follow me or not follow me on Instagram at pick up your mess. Jane, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for stepping in from the MII person. Um, <laughs> Likewise, of course. We'll don't know what happened there, but it's okay. You were here. You were great. Laszlo, Thank you. Hello. Yay. How perfect you were here when you have a black cat. I know. <laughs> Yay. A big thanks to Jane for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.